I'm Jim, and this is On the Left Side, the award-winning, well, third-place, funny football show. Here's Rashford, into Raheem Sterling, there's no flag, and Raheem Sterling has scored for England! It's been a long, long time coming! I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There is nothing like an England game to get the heart pumping. Uh, when did you say that, Jim? I don't know, what, a couple of shows ago? You know, I'm always saying that kind of thing, how much I love the... Pointless England friendlies. Are you sure? Hang on, I'll have a look. Right. Oh, it's another boring international break. No. Torn away from the excitement of the Premier League and thrown into the boring dungeon of international... No. There is nothing worse than the international fortnight. No. Yay! The international break! Um... The most exciting thing about England right now is Gareth Southgate's waistcoat. Alright, I was wrong. Not only did England's Nation League game against Spain prove to be a real humdinger, the last time England dominated their Spanish opposition to the same extent, we had Sir Francis Drake leading the line. In fact, it was a game of shocks. Raheem scoring for the first time in three years, England looking quick and clinical in attack, and Gareth Southgate not wearing a waistcoat. No one saw any of these things coming. And it meant those fans who got It's Coming Home tattooed on their penis this summer had slightly less regret than before. Trust me. And it even gave the England players involved in the post-match chats a chance to roll out their favourite catchphrases. Harry Kane, ever the traditionalist, went with his classic catchphrase, "Uh." Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Spain are probably one of the informed teams, and uh, uh, we knew we could uh, beat them. Uh, uh, and we come out the blocks firing, you know. Uh. Raheem Sterling, he rolled out his usual catchphrase of "You know." You know, we went out here not to just come and play. We came out here to compete, and you know, credit to the boys. Um, you know, we're full of belief, and you know, we had a, a good World Cup campaign. You know, tonight um, it shows that we're going in the right direction. Um, you know. And Jordan Pickford mixed it up slightly with a new alternative catchphrase he's trying out. I got the ball stuck under my feet. It was just one of them. I got my ball, the ball stuck under my feet and I was trying to play it and couldn't get the ball out. And I got the ball stuck under my feet and within the split second, just being a very good at pressing and got it under my feet and that was it. All together now, I got the ball stuck under... No, you're right. It's not going to catch on, is it? It was a decent and very unexpected performance from the Three Lions, and just like over the summer, it resulted in everyone getting completely carried away, with two of England's defensive heroes being singled out for particular praise. Firstly, Eric Dyer, who ran 30 yards across the pitch in the game simply to perform the most unnecessary and most English clattering of Sergio Ramos ever. And secondly, Harry Maguire and his massive head, who after the match found himself at the centre of a discussion as to who should appear on the brand new Bank of England £50 note. An online petition from a fellow called Johnny Sharples claimed that an image of Harry riding an inflatable unicorn from the team's Russian World Cup training camp would be the ideal reverse side to our monarch on the new 50s, claiming the defender represented core British values, bravery, strength, and a big head. And you have to say, it's hard to argue. He has got a massive head. And I mean, if it's that or Margaret Thatcher, it really is hard to argue. Johnny even appeared on TalkSport to chat to Max Rushton about the idea. 
I think if you look at any coat of arms across Britain, it always has, you know, a unicorn on it. The very traditional British animal, you see them wandering around the countryside quite often. So um, I think, you know, you, you, want a, you want a unicorn on there and, and the, the main man, Harry Maguire, of course, riding one. I think the, the two combined... They might replace the coat of arms. Could be the New England badge as well. Yeah, replace the three lines with three Harry Maguire's riding three separate inflatable unicorns. Somehow, suddenly, that seems like a very logical choice. A mythical creature appearing on England's shirts to represent England's mythical chances in any major footballing tournament. Very appropriate. But returning to the game for a moment and that praise of Dyer's tackle on Ramos, it was tempered a little bit by the yellow card he received for it. A decision that was completely unfair, according to most of us watching back home. He got the ball. It was a clean tackle. It should never have been a yellow, especially when you take into consideration Neil Warnock's brand new criteria for dishing out cards in the football. He's not endangering the life of a player, so I don't know why it's a red card. Too right, Neil. These players are just too soft nowadays. It should only be a red card if you take an axe to the opposition's head. And that's if it also denies a clear scoring opportunity. Warnock's words are exactly the kind of expert analysis that I want to see as part of sports coverage every single day. When he's done with management, I think he should be sat next to Gary Lineker on the Match of the Day sofa every bloody week. Because that's what you want from the BBC. Expert. Detailed. Analysis. Just like this little segment on the Ballon d'Or last week. Between Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, well, they've won it for the past 10 years between them, five each. So do you think anyone can steal their crown this year? I have to ask you this question. If you win, do you actually win a golden balloon? <laughs> no, it's not. And Ballon is actually for ball, really. Um, <laughs> it's a balloon. Don't be stupid. You don't get a golden balloon. You get a whole door made out of them. I mean, Jesus wept. It's an award for the world's top footballer, not a five-year-old's fucking birthday party. (laughs) Speaking of the Ballon d'Or 2019, however, it could be the first time in a long, long time that we see a different face lifting the trophy. Well, he probably uses hands, actually, but that's not what I mean. After the shortlist was announced, some are predicting that Real Madrid and Croatia playmaker Luka Modric could be getting his hands on the much-coveted piece of silverware. That's if he can overcome one massive handicap first. The disadvantage of not being either Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Because in my view, it's very likely that it'll be one of the usual two that end up grabbing the gong again. That's if Messi can get himself out of the box for long enough. Because this week, the toilet habits of one of the world's greatest footballers was uncovered. Admittedly, it was with a little bit of caution that I clicked on an internet link with both the words Messi and Toilet in the title, but I was not disappointed because it was comments from prolific Argentinian footballing cheat turned drug-addled embarrassing uncle Maradona that I found there within. The former national team manager hit out at Messi, claiming that he should not be captaining the team, all because of his pre-game habits. For me, it's difficult to talk. But it is pointless wanting to make a man who goes to the bathroom 20 times before a match into the leader. As anyone who has ever played the game professionally will tell you, there is one thing a true leader needs on the pitch, and it's crippling constipation. Unfair criticism, I think, as he's still doing a lot better than Gary Lineker, who famously once went to the toilet on the pitch. Plus, I think it's quite reassuring for the opposition to know that it's not just their defenders that Messi is shitting on on match days. 
But if the toilet habits of football's big names are of interest to you, then you will have been delighted by undoubtedly the biggest story in football this week. Harry Redknapp is going on I'm a Celebrity. The Daily Mirror has secured some top, 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 top secret information, suggesting that our Harry is going into the Aussie jungle and it is going to be spectacular. Just imagine the scenes as he rocks up pre-show, talking to journalists whilst leaning out the open window of a helicopter, swearing that he's not a fucking wheeler dealer. And I'll be honest, if Redknapp does go in for me, he's an early tip for walking away as king of the jungle. And once he reveals his luxury items as Nico Cranchard, Jermaine Defoe and Peter Crouch, he's going to be laughing. And let's face it, there isn't a Bush-Tucker trial that has been dreamed up that is nearly as tough as trying to explain to HMRC why your dog has half a million quid stashed away in an offshore Cayman Islands bank account. That's it for today's show. Thank you for coming and thank you for your support. We should share the good news that in the same way that Jose Mourinho is hanging on to his old Trafford gig right now, we hung on to a little taste of glory at the UK Aria Awards this week just gone, picking up the bronze award for the best sports show, although there was slightly less fighting than with Jose. And third place is still European qualification without all the showiness of actually winning the league. So it's good news. If you've not done so yet, surely you need no more excuses to hit that subscribe button and make sure you get every show as soon as it's ready and to follow us on our social media at On The Left Side, where, amongst other things, you'll see Ant and Jim wearing suits, which is a rarity because we normally do the show naked and oiled. There is a brand new episode out every Monday. I will see you then. Bye-bye. On The Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. Uh, you know...